So, I'm going to finish up our series on the Simple Life. How many have been enjoying our Simple Life series? Simplifying your life. We talked about the first one, clarity, a simple relationship with God, movement, building your tent, spending some time with God on a daily basis, alignment, do you have a vision for your life? Are you connected to a family so you can fulfill that vision? All those things ended with a question. Are you connected? Do you have a tent? Alignment, are you part of a family? This one here, are you focused? Are you focused? And we'll end really is focused endurance. At the end, I'll talk about how focus generates endurance. Are you a focused individual? Athletes don't have time to play everything. They specialize in things because they need to be, have forward motion in one thing only. How many like do just one thing and get it right? I can't multitask. It's impossible. I tried it. It doesn't work because I've become marginal in all the things. If I can do one thing and do it well, I, became, I become very good at it. So I'm going to talk about, let's talk about what Jesus, how God, how Jesus talked about the word focus. Focus. Let's go to Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1 through 4. Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. If you have your Bibles, pull out your Bibles. If you have your apps, you can pull them up on your phone. And also be on the screen. I'm using the ESV version. Okay? I want to show you something in the Bible about focus. How God made it so simple for us to be successful in all that we do. And this is the single thing he says. Starting in verse 1 through 4. It says this, starting in verse 1. If, you, if then you have been raised. Okay? Put that down as a past tense. With Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, circle that, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Talking about when he appears, he comes back for his church, you will appear with him. Christ is the only thing that's really permanent in our lives. He's saying here, focus upon me. Focus on me. Focus on which is eternal, not which is temporary. Don't spend so much time on stuff you can lose. Spend your time on the things you can't lose. And he talks about here, really, he, in this, the scripture here, he talks about our position in Christ, which is such an amazing position. A lot of us, we walk around with the worrying about our progress, but we rarely talk about our position. And let's look at the scripture. Now, if you're born again, this is you I'm going to talk about. It's your identity. If you're not, then you need to make a change in your life. It says this, the very first one, we died with, was raised with, and now live in or hid and hidden in Christ. Talking about my old life into the new life. I, we died with Christ. Now Jesus died for us as a substitution. We died with him for identification. It says in Romans chapter 6, though he died, we died with him. When he was raised, we were raised with him in a new position, into newness of life. 
And that's exciting because everything I used to do on the, in the, before Christ was always in a temporary nature, had no impact. When I started living my life in Christ, and you talk about the life, life became exciting. Still is exciting. How about you? What do you spend most of your time on? The temporary or the eternal? Eternal. Heaven. We have a book out. Does, heaven, does hell really exist? Yes, it does. Don't overthink it. Heaven does. Setting our mind on that which is bigger. Which that which is eternal, which can't fade away. Think about it. It's a shift. Because some of y'all came here, my car isn't working, this isn't working out, my relationships are failing. That's all temporary. Has your relationship with Christ died? It's important. Why? Because when you walk with Jesus Christ and you walk in the kingdom of God, you walk in eternal life. It talks about the life. You know, eternal life is a gift from God. Do you know how many gifts we have? And that gift is a person. Because eternal life is Jesus Christ. 1 John chapter 5, verse 12. Look at this. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. The life he's talking about, the Zoe life, the fullness of life. It says in some translation, the life. It's like when I met my wife. I'm living the life. After 24 years, I'm still living the life, the most exciting life. Life has to be exciting because Jesus Christ is my life. Hello? He is my life. Let me tell you what happens to us. The second bullet is, we always say that Jesus is part of my life. The Bible says that Jesus is our life. When he becomes part of our life, he becomes this small. And when Jesus becomes just part of our life, human nature, we always want to default to what's easy. What is the less I have to do to get, a, get, to get over? When we talk about discipleship tracks and all that, or people, you get doing discipleship with people, you mean I got to do this for how many weeks? I got to read my Bible every day? Hey, how about if I don't read it and I just skip a day? Why? Because Jesus is part of your life. Monday. He's not part of your life on Tuesday. And what happens in the Church of America, the only reason a lot of us come to Jesus Christ, he becomes all of our life, is through crisis, not through fellowship. We got to stop coming to Jesus because I have a crisis. Because you put him on the side, he's part of my life today. But it's a good day. And here is Mr. and Mrs. whoever. Now they're part of my life. Then that fails. Hello? And then you want crisis management. Jesus! And he's saying, I never left you. Why don't you make me the sinner and that won't fail? Here's why I'm so strong on that. I totally believe in the days to come, 
that the church will become the center of society. Reason why I say that, because everything else around isn't working. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Because that gives us a chance to shine, to bring change, to bring love, to bring peace, to bring grace, to be on mission, to do great things for God. And we're like, I don't want to do that. I just want to pay my bills. Because Jesus become part, not the sinner. That's the amazing thing when he's the sinner. Focus on that you can't lose. Don't focus on that which you'll lose. If I focus on my hair, you think I'd be a very depressed person right about now, wouldn't I? <laughs> right? If it's all about looks, I'm very depressed. I had to wear glasses before. Someone said, get contact. I'll lose those. It's not about what you look like. It's about who you are. And when you know who you are, life is exciting. It's not work. Coming to church isn't work. Life groups aren't work because you want because you're being engineered. You're being you're being you're actually being empowered, enabled by Jesus Christ. Let me give you two things to focus on. Two areas of focus. First one: focus on your position, not your progress. A lot of us can come to discipleship um, relationship or walking with God. We're so caught up with where we are, we don't even know who we are. When you talk about on your position, because as young college students, what am I, here's the question, what am I going to do with my life? Then I come to adults. What have I done with my life? They were on this side of the room. Now they're on this side of the room. What's next? What's next? When you focus on your position, you'll know what to do. Give you an analogy here. How many have neighbors live in a neighborhood? Growing up, neighborhoods was a place like a little community. We had front porches, back porches. We sat around on the stoop, played stoop ball. But it wouldn't take anything if me and Terry were walking together or living next door to each other. When he goes to cut grass, he just cuts some of my stuff. And I go cut some of his stuff. Now I have neighbors. I got a neighbor like that. Didn't have to tell him to do it because he knew he was a what? A neighbor. When you know who you are, you focus on who you are, you'll know what to do. Now I have those who are called neighbors who live behind me. And we always have to go to the HOA to tell him, you're a neighbor, cut your grass. There's other people whose houses are trying to sell, you don't cut your grass. Why? He doesn't consider himself a neighbor. He just wants to figure out what he's got to do. Minimally, minimal. Takes them three days to cut an acre. See? He doesn't see himself as a neighbor. When you know you're a neighbor in a neighborhood, 
you just automatically take care. You know exactly what to do. When you're a Christ follower, sold out, and Christ is the center of your life, you don't have to be told what to do. You know what to do. Love people. Love God. Love community. Be gracious. Have have hospitality in my life. You know what to do. Why? Because Christ is in the center of your life propelling you to do it. Something, well, give me a map on what to do. And do I have to show up every week? No. Don't show up at all. Because you'll be back here on your knees in crisis. Where everyone else who's serving is going to be going okay. Because Christ is the center of their life. He is our life. When Christ is your life, it says in verse, he is our life. Make sense? When you're a neighbor, you know what to do. When you're a Christ follower, you know what to do. Second one, focus on the permanent, which is eternal, not the temporary, which is transient. Second Corinthians 4.18. As, as we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are seen are transient, but the things unseen are eternal, not the things that you see. I want to help some people out today because some of you walk around so upset on what you see in the mirror. Who's looking at you in the mirror? You don't like your looks. You don't like everyone. Everyone's unhappy about where they look. How they talk, how they walk on stuff that doesn't really matter. Think about it. My wife will still love me if I lost a leg. It will be impossible for her to love me if I lost my heart because I will be what? Dead. If my heart stops beating, that's permanent. I'm gone. If I lose a leg, I'm still here. That's temporary. A lot of us focus on that which we see and our identity is wrapped up in it. Some of you have gone through some horrendous things in relationships. And what is your plan? Go jump in another one. That's going to kill you. Ladies, listen to me. If you're not married yet and you just get, you're going, you're starting over again. Why would you lower yourself to someone who don't love God trying to find your identity in someone else? When you should find your identity in Jesus Christ. If your whole life is wrapped up in someone else, if you let someone else create your world, they're always going to create it too small. Don't lower your standards for someone else unless they know Jesus and they're walking, trying to walk in Jesus Christ. If they're not, let them go. All you're doing is lowering your standards when you are beautifully creative. Women of virtue, the way God ordained it, that's your identity. I don't care who says anything over you. Who said the opposite? They're lying. Like men today. Why would you sell to do nothing? Why as men are we so passive? When God created us to be warriors, God created us to be men of honor, to step up and lead this country. Why do we sell for less? When you don't settle for Jesus, 
yourself a second best. Cry is, we're all the guys. The guys that we all look at, men, in the movies that we hope, we'll, hope I can be like him. You already were born like him. He's just playing it out. You're already him. That's your identity. You're men of honor. You need to write that down. I'm just going to reinstall your true identity and get the copycat out of you. My dad didn't have to tell me that. He never said you're a great man. The Bible says I'm a great man. The Bible says you're women of virtue, that you don't sell for second best. You don't sell for some outside relationship that don't work. You sell for the best. Who brings you the best? The center of my life, Jesus Christ. And it'll be permanent. It'll be permanent. It's all about who you are. Focus on your position. The Bible says this. We were made perfect, right standing with God in Hebrews. But it says this again, that we're being perfected. Who's doing the perfecting? God is doing the perfecting. But if I screw up and I mess up in God's eyes, I don't lose my position. I'm still standing on Christ. I'm still raised up with Christ. And as quick as I repent, which has to be often and quickly, I am back in right standing. But when we focus on our progress, we lower ourselves down and it becomes work. It doesn't become simple. And it becomes a bunch of rules that you can't live up to. That when it gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to what, what enable you. Church, if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, I'm just talking about you. This is you. I don't care how you look, how old you are. Don't fall for the lie when you look in the mirror. I have to laugh. <laughs> when I was 16, I was built pretty good. Now, my age, everything slid off. <laughs> cool. Why? If you look at 2 Corinthians 4.18, he says this, your body is dying. But the man inside is being renewed. The woman inside is being renewed every day. As long as you have the internal renewing, it will come out in external. Stop wishing you were this and be awesomely grateful that God created you as that. Because you're awesome and you're amazing. The world wants you to look on the outside. God says, I look on the inside. And as long as you have a breath to breathe and you get up in the morning. Give God some praise that he wants to use you another day. And you don't have to be perfect to be used. He perfects those who want to walk in him. This is one of the hardest messages to preach because no one wants to hear the truth about themselves. You know why? Because drama sells. We have a whole market or people selling you stuff to make you look good. Please. 
Now, ladies, you got to put some makeup on. That's fine. But guys, man, I don't want to see you in there getting shot up and trying to look like that and stuff. <laughs> Why? Because we have a world that's running after temporary. It's crashing. The reason why the market fell? On temporary stuff. Guy sold you a house he knew he had to kick you out of. In four years. They didn't hear that part. In four years, you got to refinance. I have to kick you out of your house. That's fine. I got a house. Four years, now we're, look at where we are. My dad taught me that a long time ago during the Great Depression. One got us? Greed. Because when it says we're hidden in Christ, it means this, that we're secure and we're satisfied. When my life is hidden in Christ, I'm secure and I'm satisfied. And you don't have to worry about fighting sin all your life. Because he died for sin. He died, takes sin away. He died unto sin, which he broke the power of sin. So if he broke the power, if daddy broke the power of sin, that means son has broken the power of sin. Why? Because daddy has broken the power of sin. If daddy is free, that means his son is free. Now, I might not feel free, but here it goes, guys. Your feelings ain't got nothing to do with your position. Because we walk by faith, not by feeling. Second thing is, focus generates endurance. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 2, verses 1 and 2. Focus generates endurance. Hebrews chapter 2, I mean chapter 12. I'm going to go there myself. says this, since, therefore, since we are surrounded by so, so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which so easily, which, which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race set before us, looking to Jesus, the, found, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, was seated at the right hand of God, of the throne of God. And you see that right here. The word looking means this, guys, to turn the eyes away from the other things and fix them on something. Which, as you look at in that, in that whole long definition, it means the word trust. To trust in Christ. Trust. The sins I was researching about, the sins that so easily ensnare us. And there's one common denominator that always gets us before sin hits us. It's called the word unbelief. In the garden, when the, when the devil came in and tempted Eve, made her doubt God's goodness. Every time we step out of God's presence or step out of his direction, because we take our eyes off something, it's because we don't believe God can supply it. Trust. Unbelief will trip you up. And when you're not walking in, when you're not walking in faith and you're walking in unbelief, you're walking by feeling. It feels right, even though it's wrong. Now, here is another thing. He doesn't just say blatant sin. You know, some good things are bad for you. Because when you take a good thing and you make it a God thing, it becomes an idol. 
I like to play golf. On Sundays, that's a good thing. But now you made it a God thing, which makes it an idol. Hello? In relationships, it's a good thing to date. Depending on your theology. But that person becomes your God. And your, that song we always like, you're my everything. That's a bad thing. Because you, you wrap your life up in this, which you should wrap your life up in Christ. And you take your eyes off. It's so easy to do that when you don't believe. We don't believe that God can bring the right one to you or God can bring the right job to you. You start walking in unbelief and you start trying to create, make things happen. You call it audible. And you look, you know what I'm telling you? It looks like it's a good idea. It looks like a great thing. But when you, read, you, when you line up against the Bible, it isn't. And you have to say, that's not a good idea. Cut it off. When it comes to focus, your famous word is, write this down, no. No. You want to stay focused? Your greatest word as a leader, no. Not doing all that. It's great to do that, but I don't mean God called me to do that. It's a lot of great things to do, but if God don't call us as a church to do it, why would we do it? Let's do this. Let's have this. Well, yeah, it's a good thing. But just because it's a good thing, I mean, God's in it. So it can be a good thing that can trip you up. And it makes sense because your feelings are all wrapped around it. And then that becomes your gospel. The gospel of self. And I'm just as guilty as anybody else. That's why I want to be known as the one who takes a while for the things I don't do versus for the things I do do. Because the thing I do, the one thing I do, I want to make impact. In your private lives, how much are you doing? And how little are you being? If I do this for God, if I do this for God, if you do this for God, I'll do that for God. And I think God will really love me if I do all this and I do all this and I do all this. And you're burnt out and you wonder why you're doing all this. And he loves you anyway. He just says, slow down. I love you because of who you are, not for what you do. And your way of church and all you think church should ought to be, it's not your way if it isn't in the Bible. It's just a philosophy. That's what it is. And you kill ourselves on philosophies, on stuff that real. I'm learning a lot of things just don't matter. And I like it as a church. As long as we're reaching people and building community, it matters. Anything outside of that just does not matter. If it doesn't fit in that scheme of devotion, diversity, and discipleship, it doesn't matter. If it ain't in my mission of connect, grow, serve, it does not matter. Why? Because that's not what God called me to call us to do. He called us to do this. Well, I feel that's great. Feel on. Like, like an old song we grew up with. Float on. It's okay. Because the word you have to learn, the hardest word for me sometimes is no. Because when I want to serve, I want to serve. I want to be everything. But you just can't do everything. 
That's why he calls us to have focus. Last thing is, Philippians 3, chapter 13 to 14. The one thing I do. Because he calls us to focus on Jesus Christ, the originator and the finisher of our life and faith. You're going to the original person who created you, who was writing a book about you, that you are the star of it. And he's going to finish what he starts. Why would you go anywhere else except to the original intent? If my car, that I have a Toyota, doesn't break down much, doesn't break down at all because it's a Toyota. When my, everyone yells at, everyone says, man, why don't you, you know, it's paid off. Why don't you go to another dealership? Why don't you go to someone that's outside? No. They created the car so they don't fix the car. It'll have Toyota parts. I don't care how much it costs. I'm going to keep it, what? Pure. So if I have an issue, I'm going to the one who keeps it pure, Jesus Christ. When I talk about focusing on our position, not our progress, a lot of us walked in here, we're focusing on our progress. But most of our progress that we're fighting for right now is hindered by our past. It's hard to have focus when you're, walking, when you're trying to walk like this, regretting what you did in the past until you run into something. I can't drive a car looking in the rearview mirror. What do you think is going to happen? I'm going to crash. My pro- and we're fretting over something that Jesus already took care of. It was washed by the blood of Christ. See, your identity is in Christ. Not in the way you look. Not on what you do. You never lose your position. Let's go to Philippians 3. Think of this. Listen to this. I hope I'm talking to someone here this morning. Because you fight your past. It kills your, it kills your present. And you'll never make it to your future. But brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own. But one thing I do, circle that. The one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, and I strain forward to what lies where? I press on toward the goal. It doesn't say goals. It says goal. For the prize of the downward call, Downward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let me give you a quote from C.S. Lewis. He says, aim at heaven and you will get the earth thrown in. Aim at earth, you get neither. You aim, like we said in for aim high. The upward, we all have an upward call. Greater than the ever call you can even think of or try to manufacture here on earth. As we talked about when we dedicate those babies, they have a call from God. Every one of you have a call from God. And it's an upward call. It's beyond what you can do by yourself. He has to be the center of your life to accomplish that. We talked about last week. We need other people. When my heart breaks... When people are depressed, 
on the temporary. Not celebrating the permanent. You might be broke, but you didn't lose your position. You might have a failed relationship or a failed marriage. You didn't lose your position. Your kids might be blowing up all over the place. You didn't lose your position. Why? Because God didn't say, okay, loser. He said, no, you're still my son and daughter. And let me send the Holy Spirit down to comfort you. Fix you up a little bit. Pump you back up. Get back in the game. You haven't lost the game. You're just getting started. Stop looking at the temporary. The upward call. Why? And I'm going to help you because this is Abilene, Texas, and we're trying to smash the lid off low-level thinking and faith. Put that, put that quote up there. The last quote. Let that sink in. I don't care where you were born. I don't care how you were born. You have Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. You have a position in Christ. Your pedigree has nothing to do with your position or your purpose. We got to get past this. This Abilene, Texas is all there is. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. This is the greatest seedbed for faith to break out. I've been reading the Gospels, where Jesus came from. Because anything come good out of, come out of is it Bethlehem? Uh, Nazareth. Nazareth was, that's not a city no one wanted to settle in. You better believe who came out of Nazareth. The Lord of the world. You better believe who's coming out of Abilene. Some strong people. You got to believe that. You got to let stop thinking your pedigree. You got to stop letting your circumstance determine your position. And don't worry about your progress. It was covered. It was covered. It was taken. I remember this young man as a little, I ain't going to embarrass you. Stand up. <laughs> this kid, mom, what, what daddy? This dad. Man, he's to drag you in here. And he always wore this Texas shirt. He had dreams of being a, a, a star football player. Never lost it. This small, dragging him. I don't want to embarrass you, man, because I know you got girls in this. So. Anyway. <laughs> but I look at him today. I see him on the field. I see him on. I said, man, I'm, dad, I, man I, this ain't my son. I'm like, man, that's awesome. I don't care about the highlights. Did you see the boy run? Thank you. Why? Because he's a potential. He's walking with God. He's fulfilling that. Now, he's just going to be, and I, like your mom said, you're going to be football, but you're going to be, you're going to have scholarship because you like to study. Right? Okay. <laughs> he fulfilled the dreams, the visions, and he didn't miss a place in this house with God's people. I'm not going to embarrass so many ladies that sing up there because I know them too and they were this small and I got pictures of y'all playing in children's church. Anyway, but they were doing that too and they're leading us in worship. Going to college. Know what God wants in their lives. Do what they found that when Jesus became the center, not a part. Stop trying not to see what I can't do to get over and just fall directly in his heart because he should be the focus of everything we're doing.
And if you think your pedigree catches you, let it go. Jesus took care of your pedigree. Jesus took care of everything. He says, run your race. Everyone has a name. Everyone has different fingerprints. Everyone has a race. Doesn't look like my race, but it's your race. Don't judge your race off my race. Why? Because I don't care what you look like. I don't care what you feel like. You have an identity. You have a position, and you have a race to run. And our last days here on earth, guys, in Abilene, Texas, it's time for the church to start running. It's time to start running. When we talk about gathering all this food, and let's just blow it up. Why? Because we have a race to run. We have a community to supply. We got universities to change. We got a base to change. We got our community to change. Your own neighborhood needs to change. How many wants a neighborhood to change? How many wants some real neighbors? It starts with you. You want to know why they don't cut your grass? Cut theirs first. You waiting for the cavalry? Go like this. You're it. I'm the cavalry? Yes. I don't look like that's good. That means God gets all the glory. Let's all stand.